This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com is the site. We are going to start things out here with a special guest. Don't have guests on the show too often, but now and then uh, we will have outstanding people on the line with us. And this lady is uh, definitely an outstanding person in the Liberty Movement. Her name is Shelly. Shelly Roche, uh, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Are you there? Hi, I'm here, yeah. Excellent. Well, welcome uh, to the show. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are already familiar with um, what you are doing out there in the, the, the realm of the Liberty Movement, but uh, can you give us, uh, yourself a little introduction? What to, Who is Shelly Roche? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, uh, probably most people know me from um, either Break the Matrix or Freedom Watch on uh, with with Judge Napolitano and those guys. Yeah. Um, but so I've just been trying to kind of help spread the word about different activism uh, alerts and you know letting people know what's going on and you know just helping communicate kind of different grassroots efforts and that sort of thing. So. Uh, that's kind of what I'm, what I've been doing. A spokeswoman <laughs> for liberty. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have a, new, I have a new site um, called ByteStyle.tv, and that's where I'm kind of putting all the activism stuff because um, I'm trying to really focus on outreach and trying to get new people kind of sucked into what we're doing because I think we need, we need to have more, more of us if we're going to get our liberty candidates elected in 2010, which I, I really hope we do. Um, we definitely need more people so we can, you know, finance these guys to run good campaigns. Well, I, and I, I do want to talk to you about um, how you feel about strategy and all that here in a moment. And yes, um, you are definitely, I think, probably the, one of the most visible uh, spokeswomen, if you will, for uh, for liberty out there. And it, it certainly helps that you're also an attractive uh, young lady as well. So I'm just wondering, what is your history, Shelley? How did you come across this movement? Because most of us didn't start as liberty-minded people. We started as uh, Republicans or Democrats or apoliticals uh, or w- whatever, wherever we we started, we ended up moving along the path to liberty to where we are today. Uh, where where did you start, and what's your what's your story? Well, I uh, I think like a lot of people was kind of apolitical, not really. I thought, I, I, well, I hate I hate conflict of any sort, so you know, I never got involved in the political discussions because I was like, you know, what's the point? You know, people just like to argue, uh, and then. I saw the Ron Paul video, um, A New Hope, and I was like, wow, kind of blown away by that. And I started, um, you know, learning about what he stood for and, you know, how he was so different from every other politician. And I got really excited that, you know, maybe there was actually a way to get involved and do something positive and not just, you know, complain about the system and, you know, everything that's wrong with it, but actually, you know, here was a candidate that maybe could do something about it. So, so so would you say then that you're kind of brand new to the movement as of the last year or so? I mean, pretty much the Ron Paul campaign of 2008, was that the, was that when the video came out? Yeah, I think it was in maybe the end of 2007. Okay. Possibly, but yeah, it was around that time. So it was, so I ended up going 
to um, New Hampshire to help with the campaign. Um, oh, wow. Uh, um, yeah, Operation the, Live Free or Die. BJ and uh, his thing that he put together. Yeah. So I went up there for a few days. Now, I couldn't stay very long, but, um, you know, I wanted to do something. So uh ended up going up there. And actually, I love New Hampshire. It's a great place to to be at. So did you um, meet uh, did you did you meet many free staters when you were up here? Yeah, yeah. Um I stayed with Kate Richards. I don't know if you know those yeah. guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I certainly yeah. do. Uh the free staters are, are some amazing people and all of us on this show here uh, tonight are, are amazing people. Well, I don't know about that, but we're all free free staters. I think uh, Dale's pretty amazing, and Mark, you're a darn good salesman. Pound uh, <laughs> salt in your butt. <laughs> um but you know, it's interesting. Uh, go ahead, Shelley. Well, I- Sorry. Home from New York, from being on Freedom Watch, and um, there was a huge package waiting for me, and it's full of free state, like T-shirts and porcupines and all sorts of stuff. So I haven't even looked through all of it yet because I oh. just got home like two minutes ago. Oh, and I understand you now have a Free Talk Live uh, ladies T-shirt. We did dig, yes. dig into the. We haven't had our store online for like a year and a half due to issues uh, behind the scenes. And so it's my understanding that you're planning on wearing the Free Talk Live shirt on one of your upcoming videos? Absolutely. I'm excited. Now I have a, a whole a whole Liberty wardrobe, so <laughs> you can well, expect to see that stuff uh, frequently. Well, we'd like to invite you, Shelly. Uh, we've got the, uh, the Free Talk Live shrine of female listeners. And uh, when you do uh, put the shirt on, if you want to uh, take a still photo and send it along to us, we'll put that up on our uh, put that up on our website. But in the meantime, we're definitely going to put this interview up there. Um, I want to go and and continue the discussion about, from a perspective of attracting ladies to to the message of liberty. I mean, you saw a Ron Paul video that got you very interested. There must have been something there that, you know, the logic or or just the the impeccable uh, logic of Ron Paul that, that drew you in. Was there anything in particular that you can remember about it that was so persuasive? And beyond that, what do you think is a good uh, good approach to bringing more uh, ladies into this movement? Because as you know, if you've been to any kind of liberty gathering, uh, the the amount of women to men is usually on the the lesser side. Have you noticed that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely true. So, Definitely true. <laughs> so, as a, a newer newer recruit uh, and a and a lady, what would you say is a, is a good approach to to bringing more women on board to the liberty movement? Wow, I, that's a good question and something that I kind of try to think about a lot because you know, like I said, I'm trying to reach out to new groups, and I think um, for me, it's you know, if you can identify something that's going to resonate with with someone else. Um, that also ties into the liberty movement. Like, for example, I, I um, talk a lot about food issues. And so, like, young mothers that are, you know, in their 20s, 30s, really want to be able to feed their children, you know, healthy, nutritious food and not have all these, you know, the chemicals or the genetically modified or whatever, you know, what have you. That's so. Certain- that's certainly true for my wife. I can tell you that it, she she spends a lot of time on the internet researching these things and thinking about them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you you can kind of approach people w- with a, a topic that they're comfortable with and that they're interested in, and then find a way to kind of tie it back to liberty. So you know the food stuff, you can tie it back to keeping the government out of you know these food safety regulations they're trying to push that would damage small farmers and you know hurt organic gardeners and that sort of thing. 
So that's kind of what I've been trying to do is is take um, issues and try to distill them into little, just little bite-sized chunks and um, hope that they resonate with people in kind of new ways. I think that's great, and and that's generally a good approach, is finding an issue that resonates with somebody and then showing them how it is that, first of all, if they already are with us on, uh, you know, the fact that the, that they they view government as kind of intrusive on that issue, that's good, but if they don't, if they believe uh, they have the mindset, as many, uh, it seems like uh, women do have that sort of protective uh, mom, a lot of them have this mindset of the protective mom sort of mindset, and so they believe in in a lot of ways that government is out there protecting and that government is, you know, kind of a, a big mommy uh, when, in fact, it's government that is putting people in danger and government that's putting families at risk. And, and if you can show them how it is that uh, that that what they want can't be achieved use, using the, the force of, of the state and instead show them how it is that they can have a better family life and, and healthier uh, food or whatever the issue is uh, with the absence of government regulation or, sh- you know, show them how that, uh, for instance, government regulating the, the the grocery stores or the grocery business is is actually hurting competition and driving prices up and, and, and making it a, a, a worse place to, to buy food. Uh, there, there are all kinds of ways I think that you could do that. And I think it's great that that you're able to focus in on on some of that. And I hope you bring more people on board. Can you hang on for a little bit? I want to uh, get into some more issues if you've got some time. Shelley, uh huh. Can you hang on? Can you hear me? Apparently not. <laughs> Maybe hey, she'll hang on. Yeah, hang on. We're going to bring you back here. 800-259-9231. That's Maybe put her asleep. SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. We're on with Shelly Roche, and we'll take your calls. If you've got a question for her, get on the line. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want to style toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, as we mentioned before uh, briefly with Shelley. We've got dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video and prove that they listen to the show. And we put them all up on the same uh, page on our website. And the purpose is to prove that women actually listen to talk radio, specifically this show, uh, because there's kind of this mindset within this business that it's a man's business and that men make talk radio and men listen to talk radio. And we just want to prove that wrong. Uh, and so that's what the, that's one of the reasons the Shrine exists, beyond being just a shameless uh, attempt to get people to go to our website shrine.freetalklive.com uh so we're going to go back to uh shelly she is on the line with us shelly roche and uh you are as you were explaining relatively new to this whole liberty thing uh you came across a ron paul video in late 2007 and were awestruck by uh the the sense that that man makes and now yeah. here you are today. You're behind uh, the scenes at uh, Break the Matrix, which is an online t- uh, twenty. I think it's twenty four seven TV channel. Is that right? Well, yeah, that's that uh, is one of the goals. And we actually were doing a lot of live programming for a while, and now we're kind of trying to. Uh, we have a couple of different options that we're pursuing. So right now it's mostly just, you know, another social network and blogging and that sort of thing. And and what I've been doing, um, focusing on mostly is bitestyle.tv with the, uh, you know, news alerts 
and um, activism type of stuff. Now, that's Byte Style. That's Byte with a Y, like the computer Byte, ByteStyle.tv, and that's your website through and through, right? Yeah. Um, actually, I was intending to – I was going to do a tech podcast, a technology podcast, because I'm a computer programmer. And um, somehow I ended up – I don't know. I think I did – I ended up doing a video about the Federal Reserve because I was just really mad one day. <laughs> and a lot of people watched it and, you know, started asking to me to do more more things. So it's kind of morphed into a pretty much all liberty podcast and really no technology. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever people are, are interested in and hopefully are willing to donate toward, you know, do, you should do that. Um, right. There does seem to be a lot of crossover between technology, people interested in technology, computer programmers, and libertarianism. I'm not sure why that is. That's definitely true here in New Hampshire. Uh, We found that a lot of the people that are coming here for the Free State Project happen to have IT as their their job description. So it's yeah, yep, a lot of people, Um, a lot of Drupal open source, you know, type of people that are coming out of the woodwork, so it's pretty cool. So uh, I'm going to go to some phone calls here because people have questions for you. So if you'll hang through, we'll talk to Marie in Florida. Marie, you're on with Shelly. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, We love your show. We listen all the time. And it's our first time to call in. But basically, I'm on now, Shelly. I'm here in um, Daytona Beach area, Florida, and I can't seem to network with anybody that talks or knows anything like what Shelly knows, and I'm well-versed on everything. I've been into this for years. But I didn't know if there was a way to connect with people that have the good ideas that Shelly has and myself. Shelly? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you want to do it online, you, you should definitely get involved with, like, Twitter and Facebook. There are a lot of different groups that are have, have you know, thousands of pro-liberty people and people that are talking about these kinds of issues. And if you want to do it in person, I would recommend um, going to the Campaign for Liberty or the, the Young Americans for Liberty sites, and they have groups that meet all over the place. And that's usually a good place to start, and then you can kind of get to know people and, and go from there. Does that help, Marie? Yes. Yeah. What, what website would I access to do that? Um, well, for the first part, are you uh, are you on Twitter at all? No, not really that okay. um, computer savvy as you are. I could see that, <laughs> or Facebook. That. Well, but you don't I, have you to know. be too savvy to uh, to get on a lot of these websites. Uh, I mean, they're they're pretty mass media, mass market websites. Facebook dot com is one of the most popular websites in the world, I think, right now. Uh, and it's, it's a fairly easy-to-use thing, so I would, uh, I think that's I can probably, use it. That speaks pretty highly yeah, of its usability. That's probably the best recommendation right there is that you get on Facebook and then start uh, looking around or searching around for, uh, for liberty-oriented groups. I wish you good luck, Marie, and I thank you for the call tonight. Let's also talk to Brian in Arizona. Brian, you're on with Shelley Roche. Hey, how you doing? Go ahead, Brian. Good. Yeah, I got a really interesting call, speaking of the liberty movement. I'll tell you why you won't see as many women in this liberty movement around Ron Paul, because most of them are liberal, and and I think the first problem we had in America, and this is going to sound really bad, was giving the women the right to vote, because they vote in all these social programs that got us into the problems that we're in now. Oh, come on. They always vote very liberal. Would you consider yourself a misogynist, sir? 
This, no, no, no. These no? women got us in the problem that we're in now when they were given the right to Nonsense. vote. That's why women, when we founded this country, they did not have the right to vote. So do you think that you're going to have your uh, solution of, uh, you know, doing away with women's suffrage? Do you think that you think that solution is going to come about in our lifetime? Uh, probably right after the revolution. That'll probably start within the next year. Who's going to be on which side in the revolution? On which side? Well, I don't think that there'll be too many women out there with guns on the front lines. If they want their rights, they ought to be on the front lines with guns. Hey, Brian, do you have a girlfriend? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, right. And she knows how to shoot I know, a gun. She'll be right Get next off to the me. phones. I, hey, see I you later, you Brian. Gay. I'm surprised you have a wife. I You're a jerk. You were gay. Get off the phones. See you people, later. A lot of people think I know. I know some women that probably would be on the front lines if it came down to that. No. <laughs> with guns. Sorry about that. I don't know who that guy was, but uh, what a jerk, huh? Some guy. The, this, no, what what no. do you have to say to that, Shelly? No, I, I just have to laugh at stuff like that. I, it's been a really uh, interesting process for me being public because I I'm, I'm, tend to be like a wallflower type of person. So being visible, you get all sorts of different people commenting on you, like on YouTube and stuff like that. So, you know, just trying to... Sure. I'm getting used to it. You know, but, I... You know, just laugh it off. As a big proponent of peace as peace of peaceful means for achieving goals and as a big opponent of violence i just the the thought of a world run strictly by men is a mm. really not not one that looks that sounds very pleasant to me <laughs> yeah no, i know i know I, I think you know it's something though that that he that, that he wasn't bringing up but um i think a lot of what appeals to women about the the liberal um ideology is it seems more compassionate on the surface than some of the stuff that we talk about. And I think that that's something that, you know, it's something I've heard Ron Paul talk about also that, you know, when you're talking about healthcare and stuff like that, be sure that you, you know, let people know that it's not that you don't want people to have access to healthcare. It's because, (laughs) you know, the plan they're proposing isn't going to work. So I think, you know, he kind of hit on something a little bit. I think that you maybe, know, but I but I think that really the reason why government grows so effectively is because it has the ability to rescind responsibility, to take over responsibilities for people. And whether you're a man or a woman, uh, it can, it can be a very sexy selling point to say, "Hey, you don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. You don't have to worry about where to send your kids to school. We'll make that decision. You don't have to worry about taking care of your own retirement. We'll take care of that for you. Just taking." See, what seems to be taking those, uh, those responsibilities away from people is very attractive. More coming up. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 800- 259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. For a program brought to you by Free State Project. It is your best chance at liberty in your lifetime. If you are frustrated with the continued oppression and intrusiveness of the Orwellian state, you should get thee to New Hampshire and get together with hundreds of and soon thousands of other like-minded individuals that are continuously moving here to New Hampshire and getting active for freedom. It is the most uh, the most exciting activist movement out there, 
and the best activists I've ever met, and it's been the most fun I've ever had in my whole life. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. That's freestateproject.org. As we get back to our special guest here, uh, Shelly Roche is with us. Her website is bitestyle.tv website, and I guess that's also a blog, is it not, Shelly? It is. All yes. right. And that's Byte with a Y, ByteStyle.tv. Uh, so we're talking with you about what your history was. You found a Ron Paul video back in late 2007, and that got you pretty excited about the ideas of freedom and, and this movement. You came on board, and since then, um, you've been appearing all over the place. You're on uh, Freedom Watch with Judge Napolitano. We had him on the show here on Free Talk Live just a few weeks ago. And, of course, they're doing some, some great work over there as far as getting this, the, the message of freedom out to even more viewers. Uh, on the TV side, you're involved with Break the Matrix, which is another kind of uh, hopefully in, out into the future uh, television product on, on the Internet. And, uh, again, you've got your own blog, and I saw your Twitter account with like 9,000 followers. So I would say it's, it's safe to say you're probably one of the more visible ladies in this movement. So welcome back yeah. to the show. Thank you. I want to go uh, uh, to the phones again here because people do have questions for you. And let's talk to Dan in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on with Shelley. Hi. Hey, Dan. Uh, Mark, Dale, and Ian, and Shelley. Thank yes, you very much, all of you, for for your contributions. I, I just, you know, we were talking earlier, you were talking earlier about uh, the what we need to do for encouraging women to join our uh, little cabal here. And, uh, you know, I, I remember back to, uh, Stefan, uh, Molyneux's, uh, speech at the Liberty Forum. Were all of, any of, or all of you there for that? Uh, yeah, I was there for, I think, most of it. Yeah, most of the, it. Uh, his, uh, against me, uh, uh, argument, uh, discussion tactic. Can you summarize that for our uh, yeah, listeners that I went sure out there? Can. I mean, it, it basically, you know, you say, okay, you want to, uh, you know, a woman's issue, let's say, uh, uh, education, let's say education, let's say, you know, compulsory education, um, you know, and, 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 you know, you, you offer to them the, the chance to explain their, you know, position and to, you know, why you, you, you think that government schools are the way to go and you say, you know, you know what? Yeah, I, you know I, I I respect your your opinion, and I you know I defend your right to uh, to have that opinion and to you know act on that opinion, mm-hmm. and and then and then you say, but I actually disagree with you. I I I, I see some problems with government school, and 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 you know I I you know there you know is. The requirement of of millions of people to hundreds of millions of people to pay you know really really expensive taxes to to uh, to fund this thing and uh, so I you know and, and I see it actually as damaging our children uh, in the way that uh, that they do it and I think its actual purpose is to do that and I'm you know basically completely against government schools. And and you know I would only ask of you that that you give me the same respect and the same you know honor that that I gave you for for my opinion and 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 therefore you know, also allow me to act on my opinion and uh, and then you would say you know I and and part of that would be I I you know certainly have no problem with you 
using your resources to fund that operation. But I certainly have a problem with you asking me to use my resources. Well, to except fund they're that. not asking. Well, exactly, right. or, or, or coercing me. I mean, yeah. basically, what you're doing is you're just turning it around on them and actually under, trying to make them understand what they're really supporting. It shows in uh, the gun in the room is what it's doing. Yeah, you're saying, it, it, would you it, support it, using violence to oppose your opinion on me? Right. Yeah, well, am I free to uh, to disagree? Isn't, isn't that what Stefan asks? Am, am yeah, I free absolutely. to disagree? Am I free to disagree? Are you going to honor my my opinion on this and are you going to allow me uh, you know are, are you going to send out agents to take my house if i don't pay my you know uh, the confiscatory taxation all right so dan how are you tying this into shelly because she's on the line here well you know i just uh, you know i just think that that uh, that the the gun in the room thing if if we could get some significant portion some significantly vocal minority of the of the people out there that seem to be a bit of a sleep in this regard to to understand that they're actually harming people that people are dying uh being thrown in jail having their property taken from them you know for their opinion about uh you know public schools or you know, government health care. Yeah, I think it's an important or, point, and or, and for for ladies out there that are concerned about well being and and taking care of people, uh, they I'm sure would be very distraught to know how many people are are terrorized by the state and how many of them are thrown in jail cells and that sort of thing. Dan, thanks for the call, Shelley. Your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a good point on how to approach people, um, you know, and and kind of have a have a thoughtful discussion and be respectful and yet. You know, point out what's really happening, and then try to bring it home to you know again in a way that that would resonate with them. So you know, I think it's a good point. So uh, where where do you live, Shelley? I mean, not physically exactly, but uh, state. What where, what uh, geographic landmass do you reside in? <laughs> I'm in Maryland. Uh, oh, okay. On the east. Yeah, that's not very far from New Hampshire. That's what I was going to say. Now, you've been here once before uh, as part of the Live, Operation Live for Your Die during the Ron Paul campaign. You met some of the free staters up here while you were here, and the, the movement has only gotten bigger in the last uh, year and a half. It's it's just more people are coming here all the time and getting active uh, in very unusual ways and ways that are very exciting to, to achieve freedom. And I'm wondering, are you a free state project participant? Are you a member? I'm, I'm not a member, but I... Uh... I do like the idea, and I actually I really like New Hampshire. So, you know, I I don't I wouldn't rule out you know a visit or perhaps extended visit in the future. Well, I know that uh, that a, a lot of the Free State Project uh, participants listen to this show, and a number of the the guys that are kind of behind the scenes doing the organization for upcoming events like the Liberty Forum. Uh, as well as the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The Liberty Forum is an event that's more of a convention-style atmosphere where they have various different speakers and panels and things like that. And that happens in usually right in the middle of winter uh, up here in, in New Hampshire. And then the Porcupine Freedom Festival is more of a camp-out-style, fun, family, kind of uh, out-in-the-woods uh, event. And that just finished up. That's a summer event. But I'm thinking um, maybe if Chris Lawless, the organizer, happens to be listening here, he should, he should talk to you uh, about having you come out and maybe uh, speak at the uh, the upcoming Liberty Forum. Would, would you be interested in something like that? Yeah, I would love to. I would love any excuse to get up to get up there again, especially in the winter because I snowboard and we don't get a lot of snow down here. So 
you know, I think it would be uh it would be fun, definitely. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that you can see the va- the value in it already, considering how you, new you are into this movement. One of the things that we find when people come into the, the movement, and I, and I, I, I sense this from you too, to some extent, uh, is the idea that you'll have some success uh, with the federal government in reforming the federal government. And I, I wish you the best of luck on that one, Shelley. I don't uh, believe it's possible, personally, because... I, I've been at this for a little while, and it just seems that no matter who's out, out there, whether it's Ron Paul, no matter how principled they are, no matter how sense, uh, sensible the message makes, I came into this movement when it was Harry Brown uh, was the presidential candidate for uh, for the Libertarian Party and was so excited by what he had to say and was so disappointed when it turned out that most Americans just didn't seem to care at all. Let's talk about strategy here in a moment. Can you hang through for one more segment? Sure. We'll bring you back here in a moment. More with Shelley Roach. Your calls as well. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features. We give them all away. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live. We'll get a percentage of your purchase. It is that simple, and you know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer with dozens of categories, brand new, even used items. Get your shopping done at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and FreeTalkLive will get a cut of the purchase. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We are talking with uh, probably one of the, the most prominent liberty ladies in the uh, the freedom movement. Her name is Shelley Roche, and she is a blogger over at ByteStyle.tv. That's her website. That's Byte with a Y, ByteStyle.tv. You're also behind the scenes at uh, Break the Matrix. You're also on camera on uh, Andrew Napolitano's Freedom Watch show, and I'm sure you've probably got a few other irons in the fire that, that I don't even know about, Shelley. Uh, so welcome back. We're going to continue the discussion here in a moment. Go ahead, Mark. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Go out and try any of them by downloading, uh, by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and they have a special uh, thing that they're doing right now. There's a, a free uh, no-strings-attached book at audiblepodcast.com slash free. So go check that out, too. All right. Shelley, are you still there? Yep. Excellent. So we're talking about uh, how you came into this movement. You discovered Ron Paul, one of his videos, and you were talking about how you had uh, you hate conflict, and so you're very reluctant to get involved in uh, in political action, and I don't blame you for that. Uh, because that's inherently what all politics really is. It's really just setting one interest group against another, pitting them uh, in this contest where one, only one will be, uh, be the victor, and uh, they will get to lord over all of the rest of people. Now, of course, the, the liberty interest group isn't really interested, most of them, in, in lording over anybody. But in order to achieve success in the political realm, they do have to engage in this political conflict game. Uh, that's that's out there. And I just uh, I'm frustrated by it myself. I've gone through uh, that particular phase and have come out on the other side of basically eschewing it as much as possible, getting away from it. I still will involve myself in some local things like I might call some politician here in, in New Hampshire, but I'm getting more and more sick and tired of of uh, doing that. At least here in New Hampshire, you can actually call the politicians and they'll actually answer the phone. You can talk to them. So there's a little bit more of a of a connection here. 
Uh, but it's just it's just got so frustrating for me seeing these liberty oriented candidates uh, go down in flames in these elections with one, two, maybe a top tops three percent uh, of the result in a, in what was a, a usually usually a three way race. And um, and a lot of those guys weren't even the most principled of candidates, certainly not even close to the principles of of Ron Paul. And so being frustrated by the lack of principle, the lack of success, uh, when I heard about the Free State Project, I thought, wow, that's the best idea I've ever heard. The idea of gathering thousands of liberty-minded people all together into the same place was so powerful for me because I come from Sarasota, Florida, where it's a pretty big market. It's you know 300,000 people live in the county of Sarasota, about 500,000 if you count the, the Manatee County. And so it's a fairly populated area, but yet there were only... Half a dozen people at most that would show up to the Liberty uh, Libertarian Party meetings back then, and most of it was just a big debate session. There was never really anything that uh, that got done. So when I first found out about the Free State Project, it it immediately clicked with me, and I thought, man, that's uh, that's a brilliant idea because that's something that this movement has lacked is uh, is concentration. And I, I I realize I'm just rambling here. Yes, uh, yes, it seems point. like that. Let let, let, yes. let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Shelley? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I, uh, I guess since I'm kind of new to this, I actually my first disappointment came in New Hampshire when we were there for the primary, and you know, Ron Paul was there, and we had all been like canvassing and doing all this stuff, and we were at the party and waiting for the numbers to come in, and we were all expecting him to just totally win by a landslide, and you know, he got like. Eight percent or twelve percent or something, which was and, the best uh, turnout of all of the state primaries. Not the what was the other thing they did, Mark? There was a primary. The caucuses. The, the caucus. Yeah, not the caucuses. So of all the of all the primaries, New Hampshire, I believe, was the the best turnout. Uh, but you're right; it is disappointing. And was that your was that kind of your first real political campaign? Yeah, I mean, it was it was actually well, yeah, it, it was, and. Um, so that was kind of like a hard lesson because I think I'm I'm an idealist and I, you know, don't really consider the I try to focus on well I don't try to but I just focus on the positive naturally so I always set myself up for these disappointments but I'm determined to fight them. <laughs> well, expect expect more. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You're well prepared for politics. It's one know. of the the frustrating <laughs> things about this movement is watching as people throw so much money and effort behind candidates, many of whom are very very principled people. Uh, that throw so much money and money and effort behind these candidates, and then watch them go just down in flames uh, when all is said and done. And it it you know it can be frustrating not because of just having the failure of the candidate, but also just just kind of bumming you out about the difficulty of bringing the message of liberty to the the American people when it seems that they're just voting against it time and time again. That that alone can be a, a pretty disappointing uh, point. And uh, so I so I'm glad that you're already excited about the Free State Project because we've actually seen some success here, and I and I believe that the more concentration we have of on a political level too on a political level, yeah, uh, there are what six I think Free Staters that are now elected to the the New Hampshire House State House, which yes. is more than the Libertarian Party can claim in 30 plus years of of their history. And so from a political perspective, there's a lot more potential here. I mean, what's the average uh, district size, 3,000 people or something like that compared to out in California? If you want to get a, a California state house seat, there's like 300,000 people. Probably 3 million or, in the average district. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a much easier place to do politics. And it it's it's so 
frustrating to see millions of dollars being dropped on candidates and nobody actually winning. With the, with the amount of funding that some of those candidates get out on a national level, uh, they could clean up uh, in a governor's race here in New Hampshire. But the more I see politics and the more I engage in politics, the more distasteful uh, it becomes to me. And I start to, uh, to become more attracted to some of the alternative options of working outside the system and doing civil disobedience and non-cooperation. And we've had that happening here in New Hampshire, too. Have you heard about any of that stuff that's been going on here? Oh, yeah. I've heard, you know, I saw the um, Ian and the Couch video and, <laughs> you know, of course, um, Sam Dodson and yes. Dave Ridley's always doing, you know, little things like the, the puppet show. So I've mm-hmm. seen, a, I, love, I love those things that you guys are doing. It's so cool. We have, besides all that, we have an awful, an awful lot of fun here, too. Yeah, there is a lot of fun and a lot of socializing that goes on here. I mean, on a weekly basis, I mentioned how we had maybe a half a dozen people at the free, at the Libertarian Party meetings down in Florida. Up here, we've got social hangouts that people just get together at on a regular weekly basis, and we've got literally dozens. I mean, I'm talking at least 30 people showing up every single week, and it's so early on in the process Literally, the Free State Project has only just gotten the ball rolling, so I'm excited that uh, that you're interested, Shelley, because I think somebody like you, with the inf- literally influence that you have, you seem to be a very influential lady in this movement. Coming on, with that. yeah, coming on board publicly, or at the very least endorsing the Free State Project at this point, and then you know perhaps joining it, uh, doing all that publicly down the line. I would love to to uh, to see that happen, and I, I would encourage you to consider continue considering that as an option for your future. And, you know, all we all we really need to do is convince her to visit because yeah, that, you know itself. that's what happens. As soon as someone visits, they don't want to leave. Right. Uh, once once someone visits, they're immediately scheming. Okay, how can I get up here as soon as possible? It happens to every one of us. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Well, yeah, definitely. And so maybe make a point of even if you aren't, uh, I'm going to talk to Chris Lawless and, and put your name in as a, p- a potential speaker for uh, for next year's Liberty Forum. But even if you aren't selected as a, as a speaker, it's oh, well please, worth the trip. What Ian wants, Ian gets. With the, it's uh, worth, <laughs> hey, I want Penn Jillette as a speaker, too. And Penn Jillette has not happened yet. Uh, but but uh, yeah, it's well worth the trip to come up here and, and feel what it's like to be surrounded by hundreds of, uh, of like minded, liberty oriented people who are who are doing more than just checking a box on. Uh, on a ballot to to achieve liberty in their lifetime, and it's just an amazing movement. I'm so glad that uh, that you came on the show here tonight, Shelley. People can visit you at bitestyle.tv. That's bite with a Y. Uh, bitestyle.tv. They can subscribe to your YouTube channel, which is also the Bitestyle YouTube channel. And what else can they do to get more Shelley? Well, um, of course, you know, sponsoring a video always helps uh, me to promote it a little bit better. So. If you have a few bucks to throw my way, that's that's not a problem. Um, but, you know, just helping spread the word. And I try to do little, you know, activism alerts. So let me know what, <clears throat> excuse me, what you, what you guys are doing, um, what kinds of actions you're taking. And um, so we can all collaborate and do whatever. Uh, just keep it going. Shelly, I'm going to put you on hold and talk to you briefly uh, off the air. So hang on. We're going to come back uh, with more Free Talk Live. Hour number two is on the way. Shelly Roche, thank you for coming on the show. And her website, BiteStyle.tv. We'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. The normal format continues here in moments with Hour 2 on the way shortly. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. 
Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to take your phone calls about anything. That is the point of the program. We'll start with Dan in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, you're on the air. Cool. Um, I just wanted to uh, bounce off what uh, Brian from Arizona said. Okay. Uh, I don't want to disparage anyone, and I certainly don't think that uh, giving women the right to vote was uh, was the, the reason for all our problems now. Yeah, what a ludicrous but ma- uh, statement But making make. a generalization, I think women, just out of their nature, are more susceptible to the... Uh, nanny messages that we get from government. You know, I agree. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't like the way that was it was the gentleman's name Brian. I yeah, didn't, I didn't like if the, you call, I want to call him a gentleman. The vitriolic way that he uh, that presented it was, you know, je- it, was, it was unpalatable. However, I, I think it's pretty obvious uh, if you look at registered Democrats and registered Republicans, you will see that uh, you know uh, that there are more women registered Democrat than registered Republican. But that's not. A, but that's not why the government grows. I mean, that's just an observation well, about it's political. Well, why a part of the government grows? Um, half of the uh, discretionary budget is war related, and half of it is uh, you know social program related. So what you've got well, is I, you've can got. I, can I can I interject real quick? Interject away. Um. um I think the reason that the government grows is because when you – let me, let me preface this. I'm an anarchist, and I don't vote because I don't participate in, in the system. Kudos. That's just, <laughs> that's just the way I am. Uh, but I think when you anybody throws out the word libertarian or definitely anarchist, don't do that. That's just You're just a lunatic, okay? I think most people – when they hear libertarian, they think, "Oh, you're so right of the spectrum. You're just you're just a radical," which couldn't be further from the truth. It's true, yeah. I I, def- I feel like I relate more to liberals than I do to conservatives. Oh yeah, I can see myself uh, uh, relating to a liberal on on a lot of things, but like like the war issue. But when it comes to taking my money, I have to side with the Republicans and the conservatives. Yeah, but they want to take your money too. I, I know lying about how they yeah. want to take your money. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're talking generally here, so go ahead. Yeah, but but I think I think most people, most mainstream people, who are out there just 
doing their jobs, doing their daily lives, and, and don't concern themselves with things like we do um, and, and, and what's really happening out there, I think when they hear libertarian, they, they just, it, it just, it's just so far off the wall for them, they don't, they don't even listen. They put up walls. And I think that's the reason we have the problem we have now. Very good. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, just to expound a bit on something I had said last hour about this topic, the the guy that uh, he was responding to there, Brian, uh, called in the first hour and was a real jerk, uh, basically a misogynist, saying that it was all because of women uh, voting that uh, we have a big intrusive government today. And it's, that's just nonsense. Uh, the human animal, it seems to me, has a... Inherent desire to be lazy to some extent, uh, and if you give them the opportunity to be lazy and get away with it, they, they, you know, a lot of them will. I mean, some people are very self-driven and self-motivated, but I would say those are the probably the minority of uh, of people. I admit to myself being uh, being lazier than uh, than I might like to be. I, I, it's it's a fan. The fantasy is what's sold to us. We're sold a fantasy of government, uh, something that it by its very nature cannot be, and. And so that that fantasy appeals to us. We like the idea of someone who's going to take care of to, you. Yeah, do all these things, especially you know, and 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 people who call themselves libertarian and want to achieve liberty through the government, either through politics or by getting the government to you know, someone who really loves liberty and freedom wants some some entity that's going to protect it for them. That's a fantasy, and that's what's being appealed to. It's just not realistic. It's and not the nature of government to do that. It's not fair uh, for Brian to say, well, it's all because of women that came here with their right to vote, and they did all this, when it's it's obvious to me that a lot of men like being taken care of, too. I mean, uh, many men have a lady in their household who kind of does chores for them that they otherwise don't want to do. And right? makes a lot of household decisions right. that they don't want to deal with and right. things I mean, like that. Th- 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 so men like being taken care of and human beings like being well, taken and, care of and, and human beings like to control if you look at the human history that that's true we've, too. we've had uh slavery far longer than we didn't and and i honestly i'd interject to you that we have slavery still today and true. that you who are listening to my voice right now are a slave a very a, a relatively well taken care of one uh historically speaking well they allow the slaves to take care of themselves now well yep. they've they've really refined the slavery process it's just really really well done now <laughs> So were you going somewhere with that, the slavery well, thing? Well, uh, I, I was just saying that, uh, that humans uh, – you, you were saying that uh, humans like to be taken care of. I'm saying they like to control too. Yeah. And this is sort of two of these things that uh, cause government to grow. Government was growing um, here in the United States under men voting, and yep. it would have continued to grow under men voting, perhaps not in the same way. Um, I don't disagree that uh, some of the social programs are likely uh, instituted to some extent because women have uh, suffrage. However, I don't think that we'd have any smaller government if we had males involved. I think we'd have a more violent one, a more uh, adventurous one going into other countries and things like that. But it would be big in a different way. It would be, yeah, all. it would just yeah. be more empire-like. Um, I, so so to, to blame it all on the women I don't think is, is fair at all. However, Dale, um, <laughs> since you were calling people who believe that uh, the government might be able to defend liberty a, a, a fantasy, I'm just wondering the people that believe that no government um, is the only way to defend liberty, what world are they living in? Is that reality? Uh, what, what, what exactly... What is what exactly are you proposing? Because I don't I don't suggest that uh, I don't suggest that our problems are solved suddenly by government being gone. I'm just I just know that one very big one is. 
And, and if that and if that if it's not going to do what it's what it's uh, intended to do, then it's silly to continue pursuing that. You know, I kind of look at it like, you know, if you look at someone who looks at public school and insists that it must exist, that public school, you know, that people won't get educated if there's not public school, and they constantly are trying to fix the public school system, make it better, make it better, and whenever it doesn't work and it, and, it, and it keeps not working and keeps getting worse and worse. And we keep getting poorly, more poorly educated over the years as the, as the public education system gets bigger. It's always because it doesn't have enough money. And, I, and, and they never actually question, you know, maybe the whole concept is fundamentally flawed. Maybe there isn't enough money to make the public school well, system. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fundamental problem. And they never want to question the fundamentals of it, that, that actually the whole idea of public school is a flawed concept. And it's never going to get good. It doesn't matter how much money you shovel into it. Well, and I look at people who are working through the government trying to, trying to fix government. And trying to, you know, trying to, you know, they had this notion of the perfect government in their mind that's going to do just what it's supposed to do, and not grow, and not, um, and not, and not violate more liberties than it's protecting, and not do more harm than good, and that's that's this fantasy government they have in their mind, and they're and they're always trying to fix government, and they never question the fundamentals of it. Well, would you would you agree that you could make a government better than the one we have? Yes. Okay. One way. Only one way will it, uh, will our government ever be accountable to us, and that's if it's not a monopoly. If it if it if it it just has to be accountable. It's a simple idea, but that's the one thing that so many people don't want to let go of. I think that and there's it's a fundamental they refuse to question. There's something to be said for that as far as uh, the monopoly thing goes. Uh, there was a time in human history when um, the that religions were attached to geography. You couldn't be of a different. They they killed Quakers for coming to Boston. They didn't want Quakers in the colony of Massachusetts, and they killed them as a result. And there are, you know, the history's rife with those uh, examples. But something has happened, something changed over time where people of different religions can sit in the same room, be in the same geographic area without executing each other. And the really the question is, can one do this with government? Does government have to be tied to a geographic area? No. I don't know. I'm I'm interested in seeing experiments in uh you know the idea that it's not. However, I think that the that the way we would get there is by downsizing the government that we have today, making for you know, but, better governance. And and more how tolerate. do you do that? That's that's a I think that's where people fail to question fundamentals. They keep trying politics, and I don't think politics is ever going to do that because politics is about controlling the violence. Well, I mean, it's it, the government is violence. All you can do, all you can do through politics is control it. Hopefully, you can control the it. government's got <laughs> violence too. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. we got a lot of features there. We give them all to you. So enjoy those, including the Free Talk Live Facebook page. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com, and you can become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Republic Magazine, some of the articles uh, contained within are as follows. Constitutional Discipline, 60-Second Activism, The Founding Terrorists, Tea Parties, Not Just for Boston Anymore, Quelling the Rebellion, and Ron Paul, Pillar in the Storm. You can uh, find out more by going to republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. You can subscribe for a a hard copy edition, and they have a, a free online edition as well. 
republicmagazine.tv. Okay, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Let's go to your calls about anything and talk to Paul in Texas. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi. Uh, I wanted to talk about something you guys were talking about a few days ago uh, okay. when Sam was assaulted in the uh, um, in the clerk's office of the Keene District Court. Yes, sir. Yeah, Uh well, um, would you would you say that you uh, you Ian and Sam both agree with the non-aggression principle? Yeah, I would say so. You know, not using force to achieve political or social goals. Yes, absolutely. So don't uh, don't you think that uh, it could have been going against your principles to uh, to try to use the cops' violence to deal with the violence that they. Uh, brought upon you, sort of like uh, an eye for an eye kind of thing? Like, well, if you're going to use the hammer of the state on me, I'll use it on you. So and when you're like, saying, when you're asking that question, do you mean when Sam called the police while he was up in the court, right, uh, the court right, lobby? Right, right, right. When he wanted to file a report because the guy assaulted him? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good question, uh, and, and some people would say that uh, maybe Sam should not be filing a, a lawsuit, as I believe he is going to be, uh, because these, you know, these men stole his freedom from him, and he is using their system to, uh, to some extent. Obviously, he's not on the show uh, right now to address well, those well, I accusations. Agree. I agree with the lawsuit uh, over the fact uh, what they did to him, keep uh, holding him unjustly and all that. But, uh, well, isn't that using the I, system? Isn't that using force? Huh? Well, isn't that, you said you agree with that, but you were just being critical of using the system. Uh, no, 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 I'm saying I, yeah, yeah, but uh, but the police and and uh, I've heard you say on the show uh, on the show a number of times that um, that you know if there's like a problem, the like usually the last thing you want to do is call the police to because uh, usually it makes the situation worse. Yeah, I pretty much did. Well, it, it, yeah, it didn't help in this situation. Um, that's for sure. Well, it might, it, it might have made it worse actually, but um, I. I, I, I'm of the opinion that you can't use the non-aggression principle as stated in everyday life. Because if I were to, you know, the, the fact that you can't use uh, violence to solve political or social uh, problems, um, that violence that hasn't been uh, initiated against you uh, previously, that means that it, if violence has been initiated against you, you can use violence as a retaliation. You cannot, because the system will crush you like a bug. So you have right. to if you don't if if you are in a situation where you need help and you can't use violence to solve your problem, you probably should call the people that have the monopoly on violence. Maybe they'll help. Maybe they won't. And I think okay, part of I, his approach. I, 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 I think part of his approach is not that he would necessarily have called the police if there was some sort of private dispute that was going on, say, in his home between people. He probably would do everything he could. And again, I'm talking for him. He's obviously not uh, not here. Actually, he's calling on the line right now. Yeah. He's uh, trying to corner them in their own promises and laws and things like that, things that they have claimed Right. To abide by, so by calling to sworn an oath to, and things like that. Right, by calling the police in to deal with a situation where their people are breaking their laws, he's. I think he's attempting to highlight that, and also at the same time highlight the fact that they're not doing anything about it. Not only are okay, they breaking well, their own I, uh, laws, 
Uh, hold on. Not only are they breaking their own laws, but also when called on those issues, they refuse to actually take action and enforce their own laws on themselves. And I think by calling the police in that situation, it makes it clear. You can go ahead with your thoughts, and then we'll bring Sam on the line to, to answer this okay. question better. It's, um, if, if we're trying to have a nonviolent revolution, like let's just say Gandhi, I don't think that, uh, you know, that it could necessarily qualify as a nonviolent revolution if we're willing to try to use, you know, the violence of the state to solve our problems. I don't think that Gandhi, you know, tried to get the file, uh, file charges on the British police that uh, beat him down on all the various um, protests that he was involved with. And go ahead with Sam. Okay, Sam, are you uh, hearing all this? Sam, is that you? Hello? Hey, is this Sam? No, oh, sorry about Jeremy. that. I'm putting you back on hold. Then I thought, I thought you were saying <laughs> denied. Uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm willing to move on because I actually have a little tiny bit of beef with Mark that's been bothering me. I'm oh, a long, long time listener, so I want to I want to ask him some questions. All right, go ahead, shoot. Uh, okay, uh, so Mark, you would you would basically call yourself a minarchist? Like you're not okay with absolutely no government. Um, I, I, I think that the jury's still out. I, it remains to be seen. I'd like to see some uh, empirical data. Um, do this no government thing in some area where I can uh, look at the evidence and see how it works. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. Is bigger government bad? Bigger government is bad. Okay, is smaller government better? Smaller government's better. Then why wouldn't no government be best? Well, because bigger government infringes on liberty. Smaller government allows more liberty. My question is... Would, wait, 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 wait. I'm not done. My liberty. statement isn't finished. There's a comma there. Um, the smaller government, my question is, will it make even more liberty? Because not only do you have uh, institutions that use violence, but you have individuals who use violence who may make institutions that are not cloaked in legitimacy as the government is and I don't think that people who are having violence visited upon them um, really care where it's coming from. Why don't you have the same why aren't you critical of wanting evidence that government can work? I've seen evidence yeah, really, that uh, we're, we're alive. There is evidence that government can work. What's well, that? I mean, you you can, I mean, if it, yeah, but I could say like I've saved the one person, but if I had to kill ten people to do it, that's not working. That's not protecting yeah. people. And and I've never, yeah. you know, I, what I want to see, I mean, you know, there are all these goals that government is supposed to solve, and it doesn't do a very good job of it. I mean, we've got cops who are supposed to fight traffic accidents, prevent traffic accidents, but we have cops that solve murders too. Solve not and, very many. Well, not very many, but some. And yeah. how many murders would be solved in the free market? But, not very many, but, 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 but you do you honestly do you honestly feel like they do more good than harm? I think that they are tasked with doing more harm than because, good. Because you know, a stopped clock will be right twice a day. I don't. I don't. You know, it's the, not the cops. It's the people who are in charge of them, the bureaucrats who have gotten who are own. not accountable to us because they have a monopoly. Correct. So uh, why why, why do you have, have this smaller, faith in that when it's re traditionally always done more harm than good? If they if there's a smaller monopoly, they'll have less power. Uh, well, but monopoly is still why a would monopoly. you expect it to get some, you know I don't. a monopoly still is monopoly even if they're a small monopoly and, and I'm going to bring you back here because there's a rational faith in that, that that people don't people express such criticism of anarchy but not in government. Pa Paul, I'm going to put you on hold here because we do have Sam on the line and I want to have him answer your questions. 
directly. So we'll get to that here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Whether it's a small monopoly or a big monopoly, it's still a monopoly with control over whether you get to live or die if you obey them or not. It's Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating uh, in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com features including the bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. And free to, uh, there are uh, fun stuff, uh, serious issues. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. Also, uh, guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, Porcupine Freedom Festival, homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks, talking about freedom. And, of course, there is the puppet from outer space. You will know all this if you've been to thinktwicenews.com and watched their video news packages and if you haven't gone there yet you should go to thinktwicenews.com and subscribe today that's thinktwicenews.com as we go back to paul in texas now paul are you still there yeah all right you had called in to hold sam's feet to the fire of course he wasn't on the show tonight but luckily he was listening and so we did manage to get him uh, yes I'd like to say something really fast i just uh, you know i uh, i really like sam i've been watching his videos uh from before he moved up to New Hampshire, and I think he's just a super activist and a great guy. I just call it as more of a philosophical sort of discussion. Sure, and your question was basically, if I understood correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, your question was, well, how can you be in favor of the non-aggression principle, this concept that you should not aggress against peaceful people in order to achieve uh, political or social goals, and at the same time, which you believe Sam does adhere to the non-aggression principle, but at the same time, uh, utilize the police to solve a problem. And in the case of Sam, he'd gone into the court, um, the court lobby that he was arrested in uh, to deal with some paperwork, and the bureaucrats there were giving him a hard time. They weren't allowing him to, uh, to photograph the, uh, the paperwork that he needed to photograph. And right. so he called the police in on them, and you're saying you feel like there's a conflict there. So I'm going to bring Sam well, I am on. Uh, yes, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. What was that, Paul? Yeah, and also just knowing, you know, as, as we all know, that when usually when the police get called, you know, it's, uh, the situation gets worse. Instead of just chalking it up to, well, okay, we'll leave today, but we'll come back tomorrow with twice as many cameras, you know? Sam, you're on the line with Paul. Your thoughts? Hey, hey Paul. Well, first off, um, I, I like this kind of philosophical discussion. I think these are important things to talk about. Um, there's certainly a separation, I think, in what I believe, which, yes, is voluntarism, a voluntary society, um, and that all interactions should be consensual and um, that both parties enter into them willingly. But there's a very big difference between that and what society believes is necessary today. And I really believe it's important to meet people where they're at 
um, you know, my vision is really to uh, see a transition to a voluntary society, and I know, you know, that's going to happen when people can uh, really begin to see why government doesn't work, see um, the, the flaws just that are inherent in the design of government. So the fundamentals. Uh, but the, I don't yeah, know if that answers his question about why you uh, would utilize their system to well, fight the yeah. system. So by calling the using the system the way they say it's supposed to work, you know, the, the, the politicians work for us, right, and they're held accountable and police are there to enforce the law. When I show on tape that the guy's stepping on my foot and, you know, doing all these things, uh, right. and I call the police, if I were doing that to a police officer, you can bet that I'd be handcuffed in the back of the car. When they do it, it's a whole other story. And when you call the police, they, he got in my face, ripped some papers out of my hand, and then pretty much left. So yeah, and and, and he made the situation work, which which kind of supports my point. So well, that, yeah, I, he yeah, but made didn't the situation it's... worse, but he showed people that look, this is how the police. Um, well, it showed their hand. You know, enforce the laws them. when it's one of their people. Yeah, you forced them to uh, show their hand, that's for sure. But yeah, it shattered some yeah. illusions, right? <laughs> yeah. Or it, it, For some people, hopefully, who saw that video, it shattered some of their illusions. Yeah, and this gets kind of into a fundamental issue that some of the, I think some of the activists here in the Keene area may disagree on. There have at least been some disagreements online uh, at the Free Keene Forum recently about this, and that is the, the whole idea of any participation within their system or not. And I think that as long as they're forcing you to, as long as they're forcibly extracting money from you to run their their gang, then there's nothing wrong with uh, putting in a, a candidacy into the uh, the election that you know, like I'm going to do, I'm going to run as a nobody candidate where I will pledge to not actually take office should I should I be elected. Uh, some see, people that, would say there's something wrong with that. That or strikes me as just an, uh, a a tactic for expressing yourself. That, that's just a tactic for free speech in but my that's mind. What Sam's doing here is yeah. He's, He's using their I, I system. Agree. I agree. He's allowing. The, he's using their system so he can show people how there's a double standard. So he can show people how the system is just uh, bad, you know, to the core. And so if he hadn't made that phone call to the police, then this, then it would. You're right. Uh, you're certainly right, Paul, that it wouldn't have gotten worse that situation. But because it did, now we have documentation of that, and we can show it to more people and say, look at this. Even when they're breaking their own laws and it's pointed out to them, they still oh. won't do anything about it okay i understand i understand and i you know i would love to be i would love to be doing stories about uh you know market alternatives that the liberty activists up here have created and show you know look this is how uh the private market can handle uh these same issues in a in a more effective fashion but it's not there yet when it gets there i'll be doing those stories rather than focusing on government but where people are at today is they believe in the system. They believe in the courts and the justice system, and they think all the pe- all the people in jail are, are bad people, and they're there because they're criminals. And uh, you know, there's just so much indoctrination that a pure voluntary message is too much of a shock, I think, to uh, the, the average person out there. Thanks, Paul, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, and always always good to have our feet held to the fire. So, Sam, any other thoughts while we've got you? Uh, Nope, that's it. What's coming next uh, from ObscuredTruth.com? You in the works on some uh, some new video stuff? Yeah, actually, I uh, went and visited the uh, police department with the attorney today, and we were able to get the footage from the arrest. Oh, excellent. This is so your I'm... arrest in the district court lobby from a few months ago. 
Yeah, and they took the camera into the room that they dragged me off into, and uh, it was still rolling as the the police were tormenting me. (laughs) Nice. So uh, it's going to make for some good footage. And uh, also discovered that uh, my camera has been destroyed. Has been destroyed. Power up. It won't power. Wow. It it won't power. So it was working when they took it from my hands, and now it's broken. Well, I'm sure they'll compensate you for that. For that, uh, (laughs) right? (laughs) <laughs> well, my lawyer will be filling out uh, paperwork for that. Well, yeah. see, now that's that, you know, there we're getting back into the issue of, well, why, Sam, are you using their system here to, to sue them? Isn't that an endorsement of the system, uh, or are you just trying to make things right? Uh, how do you well, address that? This is, uh, this is, those are exactly the issues that I want to address in the video that I'm going to put together with this. Um, I, I want to talk about you know, what the, the motions that were filed and how the system was used by one of their own. And uh, the judge has just denied every, well, practically every motion. Um, he has decided that he doesn't need to recuse himself. He's decided that we don't need to uh, change the venue, that this hasn't really gotten any press that might uh, affect the case. Uh, you know, the list goes on that we don't need to discover, do any kind of discovery, that the police don't need to explain the elements of resisting arrest. That You know, he looked at it and he gets it, so that's good enough. Uh, you know, it, it's, it really shows some of the, uh, the way the, the judge, who is supposed to be this independent third party, is really showing himself to be pretty biased towards the state. And you wouldn't be able to show those things had you not followed through and continued this, this process. Yes, and it's a very expensive process. So It certainly is. And people, uh, can they help you out with uh, finances over at ObscureTruth.com, or that's just directly to your uh, YouTube channel, right? Yeah, I haven't set anything up for that. Uh, I will. CD I Evolution will. maybe could be uh, be of some assistance. Uh, CDEvolution.org is the website that people can go to to contribute to help people like Sam out uh, who have done civil disobedience and non-cooperation and, and help them financially, cdevolution.org. Sam, thanks for all the great work as always, and thanks for calling in tonight. Okay, thank you. Later. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring whatever you want up, and everybody's got their own unique approach to this liberty thing. The more approaches we have, I think, the better. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. That's our site. There's a lot of stuff there, and we give it all away. Also, you will enjoy Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Cartoons and more uh, editorials and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a great site. The cartoons are fun, and you're going to be doing uh, going through some changes there, right? Is it too early to announce this? Uh, well, it, it'll be the people, the Free Talk Live listeners will get a a little early peek, I guess, and as into the news because I haven't posted it yet. But the site is a uh, it's probably it's going to change in some way. I'm not sure exactly how yet, but in the meantime, I'm going to be going off of the Wednesday Friday regimented schedule and i'm going to just be posting when i'm inspired with a comic inspiration so, is good yeah so, so uh, i th- i think it's um evolved for two years and Has it been uh, that long? it's been almost two years wow. labor day weekend will be right around two years since i first started it you know once a week for a while and then i picked a set day of friday and then i eventually went to wednesday and friday 
and I've constantly been introducing like here and there new characters. I've just been kind of, you know, every Wednesday and Friday I've been, you know, because of the schedule, I'm forced to draw a comic, and so I do it. I don't always feel good about it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I just have to do one, so mm-hmm. I do it, and and uh, I think that it's been good because it's forced me to draw, and I've gotten better and everything. But uh, I feel like it's also kind of all over the place, and and I've been my drawing style is constantly changing, new characters are constantly being introduced, and uh, I feel like it's going to be kind of in a rut until I take a a breather to kind of uh, you know I'm going to keep going, but. Um, but when I'm constantly thinking in terms of I have to do a comic on Wednesday, I have to do a comic on Friday, I think that sometimes it's uh, you know it suffers it's for that. You're forcing you know? yourself. Yeah, and and it's and it makes me put something out, but it doesn't you know it, the comic still hasn't found itself in a way you know so. So anarchyinyourhead.com, you can go back and read through two years worth of archives and more will be coming here. Uh, we we can't advertise it as Wednesdays and Fridays anymore, but when the inspiration hits him. Which yep. hopefully will still be fairly off. It'll be Wednesday, Friday until the current series ends, which is just two more comics. So it'll still be on the Wednesday, Friday schedule until the top ten causes of anarchism is over. So. And so people can go to anarchyinyourhead.com and they can still vote for you, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, you can still sign up for the RSS feed or the email uh, if you want to get an email reminder whenever a comic comes out. All that will still be there. So it should still be convenient. You'll know when a new comic comes out. So. Excellent. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. Uh, we will continue taking your phone calls and go to Dave in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Dave. Dave, are you there? Dave going once. Did we lose Dave? Dave in Montana going twice. All right. We'll try Jeremy in Rhode Island on the amp line. Hello, Jeremy. Hi. Hey, um, what's on your well, mind tonight? I kind of want to... I wanted to address the issue of uh, people saying that Sam, by suing and going to court against the state to seek restitution for being held for two months when there is no victim, that's, you know, he's seeking restitution. That's not a violation of the non-aggression principle. And it's the only system. I mean, that's the only way he can seek restitution is is by using their coercive monopolistic system. And it's a positive, too, because the more money he takes from them, they're either going to have to raise taxes or they're going to have to either cut some service or maybe it'll lead to a hiring freeze or maybe some officers will get laid off. Wouldn't that be great? Or maybe they'll Let's just leave him alone, I mean, from uh, from that point on. Maybe. All of those things are but possible. I, I, I'm with you. All those things are positive, too. I don't, now, not that I would blame him for also if he'd wanted to go a different direction and just completely step away from the whole thing and just, you know, just basically uh, forgive them and not do anything at all. Uh, I would support that, too. Whatever it is that he feels is right. But I think you're absolutely spot on there. He's just trying to make himself whole uh, through the only system available. And unfortunately, the only it's dispute a, resolution system yeah. that's out there. It's a, Right. I mean, you so, could try to take the government to arbitration, but good luck. Right. right? <laughs> they're not going to go and they're not going to find it binding. You can try try to use force in the government because they visited force on you. However, they're going to kill you or put you in a jail cell. And everyone would cheer them on because they have the appearance of legitimacy. Uh, they can use force overtly out in the open against anyone they want, and everyone feels like that's their right to do. So, Jeremy, other thoughts? Uh, nope, just I love the show. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Let's go to Jock in the UK on the amp line also. Uh, I hope the line's okay. It well, it, it just crazy. went it just went bad, but if you go with your thoughts quickly, we might be able to tolerate it. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. I hate to intrude on this philosophical discussion, but it was just to go back to the women voting thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I may have this all wrong, and you might pile it on the pile that says 80% of statistics were made up on the spot, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that I've heard in the past that until Tony Blair in 1997 
if only women had the vote in the UK, they would, we would have had a Conservative Party government but since the Second World War. That that was the first time that women voted as a majority for Labour Party. Well, and, and that it was something to do, it's mostly to do with um, the traditional uh, homemaker role and balancing budgets and understanding where money goes and things like that. So oh, I think the point. parties are different. Um, you know, they, there's not a corresponding party between the sure. Dem Democrats and Republicans um, here as, as they are there. Um, the, the Democrats certainly have many of traditional values out there, but it's my understanding that if just women had the vote in the United States, that it would, we would have had Democratic presidents for a while. And likely what they would have found is, hey, there's pe these people are lying, and they might have changed their votes, But and so who knows? I mean, they're all... But, but wait, Jock, but didn't you the, just say mm. that uh, that women have not voted in the majority in any presidential election or any election until 1997 there? No, what I, what I, what I said was that uh, 97 was the first time that a majority of women voted for Labour as opposed to Conservative. He's oh, saying well, they've been voting Conservative for He's, many yeah. decades. So you're, what you're saying is that yeah, yeah. the women in, in the UK have been voting Conservative up until 1997, and that you had a pretty darn big government in 1997, right? Yeah, and, and, and I, I read recently that, that one of the main drivers for that change was actually the, the, the Labour Party bringing more women into participation. You know, the the big effort they made in 1997 to get more women into Parliament, that that shifted women's votes. So kind of you're, you're going against the whole idea that women would be more likely to vote for a liberal uh, viewpoint. Yeah. Just kind of, it, that's, it's a stereotype, and, it, and you're saying it's an unfair stereotype, and you're providing evidence. I think in the UK they were more small government, conservative, homemakers, knowing how to balance budgets, not wanting to see big government programs. It was the husbands that were going out to work, being bribed by unemployment funds hmm. and things like that. Interesting observations, Jock. Thank you for them. Anything else on your mind? No, I don't. Well, um, just on your minarchist, uh, anarchist thing, yes, sir. Um, I'm just, I was just thinking about what Paul was saying from Texas. You know, Hans Hermann Hoppe, of course, says that, that, that the um, the idea of small government is impossible because as soon as you give this, even the smallest government a monopoly and the ability to legislate, you've got no more control. You can, it will legislate itself bigger and bigger. They stop being accountable to people as soon as they have that monopoly. That's certainly well, the history of things. Has, sure. And, um, it has I, no I, incentive to do it, to, I, do it, to enforce I, Efficiently. I don't think that that's. Uh, I, I don't think that most minarchists would disagree with you. However, they would likely claim, and this is what I would claim: is if you set up a government that uh, is set up well, what you'll have is slow growth, and you'll have fewer oppressions and fewer revolutions as a result. We've we've just been having a, a good old discussion on the UK Libertarian Alliance forum with um, a guy from. Um, I think he's over in. Barclay in California or somewhere like that, um, who has this idea of cellular democracy. Have you ever heard of that? People voting on every issue, uh, you know, all the time? Not so much, no. Really, really small local um, councils that are the basic unit, and you don't vote above, you know, a thousand households or something like that. Um, and that's the highest level that you vote people into and out of office. Um, and, and, I mean, we're, we, we've been debating whether that would be a good model of small government if we felt that we needed a small government as opposed to no government. I Thanks, don't understand. Thanks, John, for the call that. tonight. I appreciate it.
I don't understand the hang-up on that one thing of, of saying we, the government must be unaccountable by being a monopoly. That's the one thing I say. Just get rid of that, and the, and the rest of it, you could work out all kinds of great governments. Oh, it's okay, you know? <laughs> Dale. If you just put Mark and his minarchist buddies in charge, it'll be an unaccountable government that's better than every other government that has ever come before in the history of mankind. Better than any other unaccountable government. They'll grow, <laughs> they'll grow slower. It's easy to make attacks on government. I do it all the time. I know that it is. However, it's also easy to believe the challenge you can do it right. is, is to, you know, go out and do the uh, the no government thing. Do it well. That's what, well, that's all I'm we, asking. We are doing it all the time. We're solving all kinds of problems without government, and those yes. are the things that solve it best. The thing is, like, it's you're not talking about what's happening is that this this minarchy form of government, this monopoly, this unaccountable form of government is being. It's being sold as a magic bullet, you know, the silver bullet that's going to kill all the werewolves. And I don't know why people think that. Why, why is this – why are people hung up on this one thing as the it's, only way to resolve certain problems? There's some really complicated problems out there, and people are constantly arguing, arguing need. But you, know, you can argue need, but you haven't shown me that this is a magic bullet. It's really solve. the same hubris that the socialists have, Dale. It's the same idea that, well, socialism hasn't worked in the past, but that's because I haven't been in charge. Just put me in charge, and I'll make this socialist thing work. You're saying the same thing, Mark. Just put me and my friends in charge of small government, and we'll make sure it stays small. Trust us. I'm just worried about freedom for everyone. Yeah, well, then you should reject the idea of coercion. Hour three's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online using WebEx. I passed the ball to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to Taz in San Jose because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And hey, it was cool. So now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line. Created by our national development team. Spread across three time zones. And we couldn't have done it without passing the ball. Using WebEx, the only way to pass the ball online. Pass the ball. Get your ideas rolling. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 606 to get a free trial and a free retractable boy pet set. Remember that code 606. WebEx from Cisco. W-E-B-E-X dot com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. Launching into hour number three, you can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. It's Nick in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. What is a gay horse eat? A gay what horsey? Is a gay horsey? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. I oh, knew it. Horse I knew somebody eat. would do it. <laughs> of course Dale knows that. <laughs> the gay guy knew it, yeah. Or they can eat oats. I don't get anyway, it. I don't get that. All right, whatever. All right, I got a question for you. I, uh, is it possible... To be a lawyer and still love liberty. I know several lawyers that uh, that I would say do. Yeah, I do know uh, some lawyers uh, that that do. Um, it, I, it's possible for your heart to be in the right place and and still be hurting liberty. I don't know. Is and, a lawyer hurting liberty by simply being a lawyer? I don't know if that's the tr- that's the truth. I don't know. The problem is they swear an oath to the state. Was, Go ahead, Nick. 
No, I said that's basically what my question was. I wanted to throw that out to you because I've been mulling over uh, going back to school and and and, uh, and kind of having a career change. Or and I love I'm a smart aleck and I love to hold politicians and bureaucrats to you know their feet to the flame. And you know when they don't follow their own rules, I don't like laws as, as it is. But I just I really enjoy that aspect of it, like researching and and saying look. And, and put it into their face, like, okay, if you're going to follow your rules or you're going to say people have to follow your rules, don't be a hypocrite. And so I've seen lawyers who have, uh, who have used that tact, and, and it's worked. And, I've, of course, of course, it's arbitrary anyway because, you know, the judge will, or whoever will just do what they want. So that was kind of my question is, you know, I really want to do it, but I, I, can't stand, I can't stand, you know, the state. I can't stand it. But if I could do it because I enjoy that type of work, if I could do it and help other people – like Sam or whoever it is that might need those services, you know, while, while that, you know, that type of uh, program or service, or I wouldn't call it a service. I mean, the legal system is, is in place, you know. Well, you know what I would say to that? Uh, and, of course, you're talking about Sam Dodson from ObscuredTruth.com, who is currently involved in legal wranglings with the state and has brought a lawyer on to help him out. I think that, number one, Dale, you're right. It's my understanding that lawyers do swear an oath of allegiance to the system, uh, and that's dangerous because it basically it compromises them. It, it means that most lawyers are not willing to take radical steps in order to, uh, to, to, to see real change happen. They, they work within a certain set of strictures and, and confines that are set up for them by the, by the state, and if they step outside of that, they could lose their bar, li- their bar approval or license or whatever it's called and essentially lose their career as a lawyer. So most of them are very, very cautious and careful about doing anything that could possibly put themselves in jeopardy, which is why it doesn't seem like they could be of too much assistance with the the liberty movement. But at the same time, there are liberty-oriented lawyers out there that it's better to have them than to not have them. uh, To to certainly, uh, I know that um, Adam Mackler is one of the guys here in in New Hampshire that I think he lives over in the Manchester area. He's a former advertiser on this uh, this program. Yep. He seems like a good guy to me. Um, I, I don't know him too well personally, but he seems to have the best of intentions. Uh, and, I, and I think that as long as a lawyer is willing to put that on the line, then you might find one that's a little bit more likely to be helpful. If they if they understand that they're taking a risk at, at losing their license and all that, and they're still willing to do that, then that's great. I don't know how many of them are there are out there like that. And I would suggest that if you're interested in helping people with legal situations – if you're coming here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, a movement of thousands of liberty-loving people all converging to the same geographic landmass, you might find it an option to be kind of like a legal counsel instead of a lawyer, as Ivy was for Sam mm. for a while. She yeah. provided a lot of assistance to Sam and, and essentially was able to represent him within the system because New Hampshire allows for that. There is provision that uh, that will allow anybody that doesn't have a, essentially a criminal record, which eventually they, I'm sure, would like to give us all criminal records to provide prevent this sort of thing but um but they essentially allow anybody to represent somebody else as long as they've got your permission to well, do that, it that's, that's great because that actually kind of answered my next question i was saying is there a way to go around the the whole swearing an oath and, and maybe do, is there is there a place for a lawyer in a free market i mean i would say yes I, yes i think there there is and uh i think it's just like anything else you are it, you are taking on a challenge if you try to work uh, outside of the normal channels, and, but, and but you're not even doing anything illegal uh, in the process of doing that. I just think anytime you don't go through the normal channels, they've 
they've padded the way for you to go through their system and and get their permits and and take their bar and all that stuff. Well, I don't know if it's a padded way. It's a pretty lengthy process well, to become a lawyer. Compared right? you, to you compared could to do it outside the system. You could bypass all of that stuff. And you could learn the stuff that a lawyer would learn. You could learn the system, learn all the things that you need to, as you say, you enjoy well, the, doing. The upside research. is they don't have that thing to hold over you. You know, exactly. you always compromise something. If you, if you're getting, if a charity is getting state money, if a business is has gotten its permits and alcohol uh, license and all of that stuff, then they, there's now something that can be held over you. There's now they have they have sway over you. And so you're avoiding all of that. That's the good side of it. And uh, if they if they were to convict you of something just to try to get you out of the system, you could still be a consultant. You could still work behind the scenes for somebody, not necessarily appearing in in court. And, and as a kind of like a Mark Stevens or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But before they before that would be before you were convicted of some crime. Until then, you could actually appear in court on behalf of people here in New Hampshire without being a bar licensed attorney. Of course, you're not going to make $300 an hour. I think that's the important thing to keep in mind here, that you'd be doing it more for the uh, uh, the, the fulfillment of helping somebody who's in a situation like that. I was going to say, whatever that, that people would decide that would be worth them, you know, worth it to them for me to help, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're knowledgeable, if, you, um, if you're knowledgeable and you've got a track record of being able to actually help out the activists and that are that are needing the assistance, I'm sure that would be valuable to, uh, to some extent. And not just activists. I think anyone Oh, yeah, maybe, whoever. maybe you know, a lot of people who are perhaps being charged with a victimless crime or things like that. If you got good at at uh, at understanding the law in those areas where you could help people, then you might find uh, you could make a decent living that way. You probably like well, you know, you're not going to make the li- the kind of living that a that a in the system lawyer makes. I'm sure. Well, hey guys, um, I gotta go. Appreciate your uh, thank your, you, uh, insight. And but I have to ask you one quick question, real quick. Uh, yeah. I guess that you can answer off the air, but. Did you talk about today? Did you hear about the uh, the guy that was choked to death by the uh, by the police officers? Yeah, we uh, we talked about that on the air about two days ago. The uh, the guy that uh, it was just one police officer, right? Uh, well, it was a guy at the end who came by and started choking him with him or whatever. And I just saw it today so, for the first time on YouTube, and I just didn't know if you guys talked about what it. What was this? Was this the? It, I don't it, recall this. I, I remember you guys talking about a choking, but I didn't think it resulted in a death. It well, resulted think, in well, brain that, damage. No, I think that you were talking about – it might have been something else, but this guy – it's on the top videos today on YouTube, but basically this guy had a, um, had a stop, and he, he had something in his hand, and, uh, and they say, the guy, the cop was by himself, and he said, Take, you know, open your hand, let me see your hands. And uh, he took him down to the ground and started choking him. Gosh. And, uh, yeah, and then, um, and then what happened was is apparently he had some drugs in his mouth oh. trying to hide it. And so what happened was is the cop kept choking him and punching him. He's right here. You know, it's on the video on YouTube. It's one of the top videos. But anyway, he starts punching him and choking him. Well, this other cop comes later on and, like, jumps on him, and they both start choking this guy and, and punching him. And it says, you know, right there that he died. And, I don't uh, believe we talked about that, Mark. I'm not reading you know, it I remember distinctly you saying it. That doesn't make me right. Um, yeah, I recall know. hearing something about a guy with drugs or whatever allegedly getting hurt, but I don't think I've actually seen the video. Thanks for the heads up on that, and thank you for the call tonight. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I love the idea of having people who are able to help out with legal situations that aren't lawyers because lawyers are so darned expensive. 
I mean, they can be helpful, no doubt about it. If you've got a liberty-oriented lawyer, they're going to be better than uh, you know anybody else that's not, uh, as far yeah. as an, an attorney is concerned. But damn, they had to pay a lot of money to go to school, and they have to charge a lot of money in order and to make that. And their peers make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. If, if the idea catches on, watch for the lawyers to start pushing for something to prevent it. Because yeah, I, I've seen it happen in the real estate industry. Real estate's been expanding. There have been a lot of services to help you sell your house at a mm-hmm. much cheaper rate. And many times they get better money for your selling your house and things like that. Right. The real estate industry uh, you know, came back full force on those people. Yeah, I would, to... fully, I would fully expect that. But even in that case, you could still do a background behind-the-scenes assistance thing where you're just helping people fill out the paperwork they need, and they would just have to go turn them in themselves, that kind of thing. You could still be of assistance to people that are in the, in the need of that. 1-800-259-9231, and maybe make a living at it. Who knows? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. Oh, wait, turn Dale's microphone off. Let's try that again. And Dale and Mark. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231, and our website is freetalklive.com. The features are free. We've got archives and the wiki and the Shrine of Female listeners and more. We give it all away, so enjoy them on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll continue taking your calls about whatever you want, and we'll go to Scott calling from somewhere on the Internet. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Scott, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Hi, this is Scott from uh, InjusticeEverywhere.com. You guys talked yesterday about uh, the site's founder, the story from Seattle. Yes, uh, we spent the last hour of the show uh, reading his story. Just to recap for our listeners that might just be tuning in, uh, he was at a club for a show, Was uh, broke up a fight, and the people in the club thought that it was him that was in the fight, and they they savagely beat him. The police arrived and continued treating him like crap, uh, just uh, dropping his head on the pavement, uh, slamming his head into a car, police car door, not allowing him to be treated for open wounds, uh, keeping him in, in a jail cell uh, for, for almost, an, I think, an entire month or so. And it was just a tragic, awful story about how the system doesn't actually do anything to uh, to, to try to help people that are that are in need. That uh, they you know they made their their decision as to whether or not he was guilty uh, before he'd been proven guilty and, and treated him like that. And and he was not given any kind of restitution. Uh, he was just treated like absolute garbage, and then eventually shoved out the door. They never actually arrested the guy that had actually committed the stabbing, even though they know who it is. Even though yeah, and they and so they're they're keeping the case open to prevent him from getting access to stuff that could help exonerate him as far as getting because him he sort of restitution. they don't want to get sued. Right. They don't, he, they, exactly. So that's pretty much a recap of that. Uh, are you associated with InjusticeEverywhere.com? That's, that's his website, right? That is his website, yeah. And I just got recently got involved uh, with the site. I've been following it for some time, and he's been doing the entire site on his own uh, for, for years now. And uh, just recently he has asked for help. Um, because it's just becoming such a burden. Uh, there's just so much to do. And uh, he's, he's allowed me to help out um, and one other person. Um, and I just wanted to thank you guys for telling that story in, in a sympathetic and empathetic, empathetic fashion last night because, you know, people who are victims of, uh, of, of injustice like that have a hard time uh, 
with other people just believing them and, you mm-hmm. know, having you guys uh, tell the story, you know, with the assumption that he's telling the truth, uh, it meant a lot to him, I know. Um, and it means a lot to uh, me as his friend. Well, I'm glad. Uh, it's something. It's one of those things where that came in front of me, and I, I guess it was. I think it was you that sent the email, but uh, it, that's one of those stories that, when it was put in front of me, I said, "Wow, you know, this is going to take an hour to read, but it's worth it because people need to hear yeah. this stuff." And you're right; some people don't want to believe it. They they want to believe that the police are just this benevolent association of nice men and women that's out there uh, doing their the best they can. Uh, and there are some good cops, but man, there are the bad ones out there are really ruining it for the rest of them. And I fully, fully believe the majority of them are not good guys. I have no real evidence to base that on besides the fact that abuse like this can just continue to happen and nothing, nothing is done about it. Well, and that's, that's kind of the point of this, this site now is to gather evidence and to document all these cases of abuse. And if people are familiar with website that went down last year called Bad Cop News, hmm. uh, which was kind of a news feed of, uh, of stories of police misconduct. This website is very similar to that. It's kind of taken the torch now. Um, and it's just a collection of, uh, of news stories that we can find on, across the Internet. Um, every day we, 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 we do Google searches and look for, for stories of misconduct, and we post them. Uh, we post them actually on the Twitter feed. Um, we get, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 stories a day of police misconduct across the United States and post them on there. Um, yeah. And, you know, those are just the stories that come out, right? I mean, those it's are... Exa- it's exactly, exactly right. It's only the stories that I actually make it to the news media. You know, that's all we can do, really. As we know, like in Sam's case, they love to go behind closed doors and make sure they can and do things so, uh, off record. Yeah, the abuses are all over the place. If you're only get, right. if you're getting 25 stories a day from around the country officially from news sources, you can take that number and multiply it several times, probably more than several times, to get some idea of how many people are being abused by the police on a daily basis. And I'm not even counting, when I say abuse, I'm not even counting just the regular victims of the police, uh, like nonviolent consensual criminals like uh, marijuana smokers. That, that's abuse as well, but I mean actual violence and, and threats and, and things like that that's... Things that are against so even their rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and you bring up a good point because the federal government stopped collecting information on police misconduct in 2002. So they don't even care anymore. <laughs> right. Well, they knew they weren't going to do anything about it anyway. So by, why bother wasting the taxpayers' money collecting this garbage? Gosh. Well, you know, the reason the reason that the uh, that that we approached the story in a compassionate way and were empathetic about it was, it was written in such a fashion. Um, it wasn't just the writing, but the, the circumstances around it. It was. It seemed obvious that this is what had occurred. Yeah, he uh, wasn't. He wasn't a police hater. Uh, no, right. it wasn't clear that he had an agenda. It's just a guy who tried to break up a fight. Turns out the you know he, <laughs> the guy that he uh, saved was probably not worth saving, and the guy that he. Uh, sort of took the place of that the crowd thought was uh, was him i mean uh, was you know another reprobate well you know i i can't I, I i can understand why he jumped in and and probably in retrospect he wishes he hadn't but uh you know that it, it just seems so believable people know that this could happen to them yeah yeah so i have added the website to my google homepage. i've got all kinds of blogs and stuff i keep my eyes on and this is definitely one uh, that I want to make sure I keep an eye on in, in the future. And I'm glad you guys are Excellent. out there doing that. And people can, how can people help you with this? You said he needs help. Uh, the IRS is apparently coming after him. Do you want to fill us in on that? Well, you know, I don't know personally all the details on that. Um, 
but yeah, he does. He does need help. Um, you know, he this this case alone put him, you know, tens of thousand dollars in debt, Gosh. defending himself off over this. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing he should have got. He should have gotten rich off of off of suing them, and uh, <laughs> you know, and then he's in debt right. instead, which is completely bass backwards. Which is why I don't expect anything to happen with our friend Sam uh, in his lawsuit that he's going to file against the the state. I mean, I hope he does win. I hope that you know he gets a multi-million dollar windfall from it, and that helps our activism movement in the long run. But I wouldn't get my hopes up for it because mm. the system is so entrenched, and it's such a good old boy network. Uh, the, the, exactly it's just right. very unlikely anything like that's going to occur. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, my theory on it is that we might not be able to change the system, but we can hopefully change the way people see the system because everybody knows the way the system really is. I mean, in the no, back of not mind, everybody. I think, I think in the back of my mind, most people would admit that, yeah, you know, it's kind of a good old boys network and things like that. But for the most part, it's it's on the up and up. And, you know, hopefully that something like this or shedding all this light on it can can. Uh, enlighten people. Well, uh, at the very least, I think you're right about that. Uh, it's it is going to enlighten people. People are going to come across this, and it's going to make a difference. And I'm glad you're doing it. And I thank you for the call tonight, Scott. I appreciate it. Injusticeeverywhere.com is his website, following the police abuse stories from around the country and possibly around the world. Uh, Injustice everywhere. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. People doing good activism deserve the highlight. And just collecting information can be considered activism as far as I'm concerned, putting it all in in one easy-to-access place. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. FreeOzRadio.com. Kevin Rudd is a big, fat hypocrite. Who's Kevin Rudd? Who's Kevin Rudd? Crikey, an Australian-focused liberty podcast. I don't know who Senator Conroy is, but... He's the Minister of Broadband. Yeah, well, I just don't care about politicians' He's in charge of all the censoring of the internet. I don't really care who the politician is. I just want, wanted to stop. I don't care who's doing it. Just stop. Is that what parents say? <laughs> but it, yeah, exactly. Briozradio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features. We give them to you, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Last week, I started taking a new vitamin. This uh, vitamin is called Choose for Health Super Fruit Complex. It's uh, chewable, and you know that's kind of facilitates digestion. Digestion starts in the mouth, after all. And it has uh, fruits and berries that have tremendous... Health-enhancing qualities contain hundreds of naturally occurring vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, amino acids, enzymes, essential fatty acids, fiber, and phytonutrients. You can uh, find out more by going to orderchoose.com. That's orderchoose.com, or they have an 800 number. It's 800-217-5977, orderchoose.com. All right, so let's continue here. Uh, No calls on the line. That means we talk about things interesting to us. And, Mark, uh, you have a story about comfort zones. I do. This one's uh, kind of fun, and we like to do these kind of stories. What is a comfort zone? Well, it's a zone that you're comfortable in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
I think everybody knows what a comfort zone is. I it's don't a, know. Maybe they don't. I'm presuming. That, we got new younger listeners that may have never heard the term. It's your rut. It's the things that you do in life that may, that, that you're comfortable doing. Your uh, habits, yeah. the way you go to work. Everything's mm-hmm. a, a lot of things are comfort zones. Humans are humans tend towards them. Mm-hmm. So um, It's easy. Yeah, you know it. You can you can have tremendous growth by uh, stepping out of your comfort zones. That's um, the point. And you know it's it doesn't always work out well. And I think that's uh, kind of what uh, some of this article talks about. All right. So there's four steps for stepping out of your comfort zone. Number one, make a fool of yourself. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? You do it every night. Yes, I do. It's <laughs> one of the biggest things that uh, holds many of us back back is the fear of what people think. After yeah. all. You don't want people to think you're weird or rude or creepy or obnoxious or annoying, do you? We don't. I'm sorry. (laughs) But wait. (laughs) I don't want people to think I'm rude, but yeah, I don't mind being thought of as weird. Think of the most lovable, magnetic people you've come across in your life. Odds are they weren't meek, agreeable people who were reliably pleasant to be around. They were people who were crazy and charming, people who blurted out silly, maybe inappropriate things or made huge slap-your-forehead mistakes, or who were over the top most of the time. But others forgave them for being less than perfect and, in fact, liked them for it. I think that if you, uh, if, if you do you know, these sort of things, you do it with the right attitude in a friendly way, you can get away with a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are really focused on how other people perceive them, and they have a vision for what they feel they should be like, not how they want to be, but what they should be perceived as. And anytime you're living for somebody else, you're not living for yourself. Anytime you're trying to create yourself as you want others to perceive you, as opposed to doing what it is that your your heart tells you or you know that your instincts are telling you, uh, you're not really doing what I, I think is best for you. I've met people who seem to be terribly concerned with impressing someone, you know, and and I've said my advice to people is be very careful about who whose opinion you uh, ascribe value to because you're giving that person incredible power over you. Yep. And uh, now there's some people where, that, you know, maybe a certain person, if you really admire that person, you might uh, ascribe more value to their opinion, and that might make sense to do. But just it's something you pay for. So make sure that you're, you know, that's a price you're willing to pay for what you're getting, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and if you're just constantly working to impress other people, then you're not being yourself and you're not being true to yourself. And... You might as well be dead if you're not being you. Yeah, absolutely. Then, and, and I think that's it's a real statement in general about where I think at least our society here in America is, where a lot of people aren't really being themselves. They are kind of striving after some sort of an ideal, uh, whether it's beauty, you know, with this obsession that America, a lot of Americans have with uh, with being perfect as far as their uh, their uh, the way they look is concerned. I know that's very popular. And career goals. Yeah, I mean, you've talked uh, Dale in the past about your your old corporate life. Uh, I know Sam has talked about how he used to work at a, at a corporate job, and that's what it's kind of what is expected of, uh, of people to do. You, you get your job, you, you work for uh, 20, 40 years, and you know, then you retire and, and all of that, but, but you weren't happy uh, right. doing that. That's what you were You p- keep thinking you're going to be happy someday. Like You just yeah. have to, you know, the, you, the, it's, all this work is going to lead up to something someday, and you're finally going to be happy then. And uh, it's, yeah, it's you're lucky if you make so it that far. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. 
So, uh, so yeah, getting out of your comfort zones, and this is this is a big one. Uh, the 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 zone of expectations, what you believe others are expecting from you. I think it's just much more important to focus on what's in what is your goal, what are your goals, and how you can achieve them, and not be so concerned with what other people are thinking about your goals. So, continuing with step one. So, shadow your concern for what people think of you. You're allowed to be less than perfect, and you may find that people like you are more uh, like you more for it because it makes you a more exciting person to be around. Uh, I'd like to interject here. I've been listening to Harry Brown's uh, "Rule Your World," which is a CD set that was released posthumously, um, and his wife is offering it. You can buy it for like a hundred bucks at HarryBrown.org. And it's available in MP3 form as well. And a lot of it is stuff that I've picked up along my life, and he's repackaging it and, and doing a good job. And he says that uh, the he he lives by the silver rule, uh, not the golden rule. The golden rule is the idea that uh, you should treat others as you want to be treated. But the silver rule, according to Harry, is uh, much better, and that is that you should – uh, th- that the way you live your life, if you're living it, you know, honestly, you should live your life in the way that will attract others to you. Uh, I'm not explaining it very well. Basically, if you live as you should be, as you, uh, your instincts tell you, or as you know, live as you instead of living for someone else, you will attract to you the people that are like you. Yeah. But if you're trying to live for somebody else's uh, viewpoint or trying to, uh, to mold yourself to a, a different viewpoint that you may not necessarily agree with, then you're living for somebody else and you're not going to attract people that are like you to you. So when you're saying that people might appreciate the fact that you've got flaws and, and all of that, then that's kind of... I, th- I think a rephrasing of that that whole idea of you being yourself will attract more people that are like you to you, whereas if you're somebody else, then you're not going to meet people that are compatible. Does that make sense? Right. Um, if you're not being you, then you won't you won't meet the people that are are best for you. Exactly. So uh, you'll probably meet a bunch of uh, real shallow, scummy people if you're not you. So they suggest get laughed at. Laugh with them. And if you're going to laugh at people, do so in a loving way. It's fine to be happy. It's, uh, it's not nice to laugh at meanly at people when they make mistakes. Uh, do something you normally wouldn't do for fear of looking like an idiot. Be an idiot. You'll be fine. Number two, face your fears. There are big fears such as uh, heights, spiders, tight spaces, and germs. But there are also hundreds of subtle fears we bow to every day, like the fear of breaking a bone or falling down or getting caught in the rain. What are the precautions that you take every day to circumvent negative circumstances? And are those circumstances really worth stepping around? These steps add up. It's good to be proactive, but it's bad to get a significant portion of your life to be devoted to averting things that never happen. Little things that could turn into adventures or funny stories if you allow yourself to deal with a little discomfort. I think it's a great idea. I mean, people are made are crippled by their fears. And the, the fear is so inculcated in us by society uh, and from you know day one, it's, whether it's a fear of uh, socializing with others or whether it's a fear of, of obeying the st- or not obeying the state. Uh, there's so many different things that we're told that we need to be afraid of. And uh, a lot of us had overprotective parents mm. and that got kind of rubbed off and we were constantly, you know. If you can get over that, that fear and uh, embrace courage, you can really have some uh, amazing things happen. We are, we are told, um, and, you know, when, you, when I trained for sales, we were told that fear is the biggest seller of them all. People buy more insurance than they do investments. Mm-hmm. Um, insurance is to protect a loss of money, essentially. And uh, investments are to gain new money. But people spend far more money on insurance than they do on investments. And, you know, um, 
when you when you look at insurance, it's uh, I- inserting a uh, a corporation into the middle of uh, you know you paying for the problems that you have in your life. So yeah. it obviously they're there to make money on that, and that um, I'm not saying you shouldn't have insurance, but it probably should be for catastrophes. Ned Flanders says that it's a form of gambling. Toll free number 800-259-9231 That's the Simpsons character 1-800-259-9231 We've got two more points If we get a chance we'll get to them But your calls are on the line so we'll go to them as well Uh, Coming up here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Just got a new station signed an agreement yesterday and expecting to get another one later this week. Hopefully all of that will uh, pan out. It's been a good summer so far. I can't tell you how happy all that stuff makes me. Yep, bringing new affiliates on board. And the Free Talk Live AMP program is making it all possible. So you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. There are a few little bennies that you get from being an amplifier. And you help us out at the same time. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls. If we get a chance, we'll continue the comfort zone suggestions, how to step out of one's comfort zone. And in the meantime, we go to Brandon in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Is it Brandon or Brandon? No, it's Brandon. Brandon, what's on your mind? Yeah, I was just wondering, um, what would auditing the Fed accomplish? Like, if it went Not a darn anything? thing, in my opinion. Mark, you are the big fan of that uh, audit the Fed thing. What's your explanation? Well, I'd say that uh, ho- I guess that the hope is, and uh, whenever you're dealing with the federal government, you're hoping against hope. Um, I don't think that that means that uh, you should necessarily just roll over, but uh, I think the hope is is that that'll expose some of the uh, the lies and uh, um, uh, you know stuff that the the the, the Fed Federal Reserve has been doing, and uh, maybe some people will turn against it, and hopefully the thing gets shut down in the long run. <laughs> it will shut down. You are a dreamer. It will shut down, Ian. Either well, in a yes. good, either okay. in a horrible violent collapse or in some yeah, other way. It's not likely that it will be shut down through some sort of legislative uh, discretion. It, it will likely die upon its own volition. It'll of, probably go when the United States government goes. Would yeah. be my guess. But yeah. and when I actually when I said a violent collapse, not really, not didn't mean violent, but like a tumultuous because it will be so in, unstable and so you know. Does that answer no your question? One, no one would go to jail or anything, or. I don't. I don't know. I, I think that, that might be dreaming. You're actually you're asking the watchers to watch the watchers, and maybe uh, you know they're all it intertwined. Could happen. So yeah, how often do they send each other to jail at the federal government level? It's very very rare when that happens. Usually, what'll happen is somebody will step down. That'll be. I mean, if if there's some federal government agency that is found to have been completely negligent in its in its duties. Uh, sometimes what they'll do is they'll have the head of the agency say, I take full responsibility for this, 
and they'll step down from the job. Right. FEMA, That'll be it. FEMA yeah. showed itself to be inadequate, and the, uh, the 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 horse rancher guy that was in charge. Uh, the Katrina his, debacle. Yeah, uh, he's. I think he went back to work as a consultant for FEMA. That's right. Yeah, he quit, uh, and they made a big deal out of how see we're replacing him. This is going to change everything. But there and, is a story here from Reuters uh, out today that says top economists urge con- uh, Congress to lay off the Fed. And uh, you know, I, I think that that's what the audit the Fed bill is about, is to get as much news out there as possible that's anti-Federal Reserve. Brandon, does that answer your question? Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, dude. Thanks, Let's brother. talk to Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hey, Dan. Hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, this is – Dan talks about agorism attempt number five, I think. <laughs> but uh, um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, – in our previous discussion, which was cut short by the end of the program about agorism that uh, wasn't brought up, is the attitude that agorists have towards uh, state intervention in the economy and, uh, well, things in general. The attitude is very optimistic in that an agorist looks at everything that the state does while recognizing its immorality as an opportunity. For example, uh, somebody who I know around here, whose name I will not mention, knew that there was going to be a increase in taxes on tobacco. Mm-hmm. And prompted by my loaning him my copy of an agorist uh, primer, he purchased large quantities of uh, rolling tobacco, you know, the loose you know, stuff they have in bags. Yeah. And when the taxes went up, he sold it for something like a 400% profit. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> well done. Now, Kudos that, to him. Now, now that, you know, that profit is not something he can report. Obviously, it will remain untaxed, so he will either spend it or he will further invest it, and his, and his investment will be in something else, like maybe more tobacco anticipating another change. I don't know if there's one coming, or uh, buying some gold or silver or something like that. So mm-hmm. that, that's uh, just something about the, you know, the attitude that, that makes it less of a uh, theory of strategy and more of a philosophy. Okay. I, I see where you're coming from. Um, what's your point? Well, um, I just thought that was... Like, here's, I, I'm sorry know, to interrupt, but, but here's my thing. Like, I like the idea of agorism, and just to recap what the idea is, is that uh, agorists say that by working in the counter-economy and creating alternatives to the government existing structure, that eventually the government will be supplanted, uh, and the you know the market alternatives will take over, and government will slowly wither away and, and die off. That's that's as I understand the you know the, the agorist theory. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I'd say that's the distillate essence. Right, and and what you're giving an example there of is how somebody who considers himself an agorist has uh, made some money off of government's uh, increase of taxes on tobacco. And that's great. And people have been making money off of prohibition for a, for a long time and government uh, rules and strictures. They've been working the black market and, and making money for a long time, and but it hasn't done anything to contribute to the downfall of the state. So I just... Uh, I don't know if just by selling uh, tobacco or whatever in the black market that that's going to do anything to uh, to end the state's rule over people. I think that what needs to happen is that the ne- the next steps need to be taken, and the agorists need to go out and start repairing the streets and uh, and doing things that can really compete with the government rather than just selling stuff underground because the underground economy's been around as long as there's been I, an above ground economy. I think yeah, I think to a lot large extent we need to sort of 
they need to get a little bolder about it. Um, yeah. To the extent, you know, it's a little scary, but I mean, you know, you, you uh, trying to be really secretive about everything. I think it could be part of a civil disobedience. So it's sort of the same track of civil disobedience uh, taken to the market level, you know, and stop, don't feel guilty about engaging in gray market activities, you know. Well, I think that if it's going to be done, that it needs to be done in uh, synergy with, uh, you know, people that are doing other things for liberty, many agorists likely in one geographic location. It seems to me, and, uh, you know, I, I pound this chord constantly, and so, as does Ian, that it just doesn't matter when you're spread out all over the place. No, it doesn't. Then you're just somebody selling a pack of cigarettes. You yeah, know, that's yeah, I mean, there's lots Hampshire. of people selling selling pot in your uh, your town, right? Come to New Hampshire and, oh, yeah. and, and yeah. practice agorism. How's the here. government doing? Well, well, actually, the uh, Dale, you reminded me of uh, the other point that I wanted to make, which is that part of the general theory is that you, you know around these black market businesses there will be set up. Uh, you know, institutions that will replace the government. And I think that the first step along the way will be insurance uh, against the government disrupting the black market. And uh, I think that, you know, it doesn't matter how small the business is, you can build an insurance model for it. And that is something that can generate a whole lot of capital, which can be reinvested into other counter-economic activities. But I agree with you, it'll take some concentration and it'll take some, you know, outspoken uh, energy that is currently lacking. Yeah, yeah. I think that as, as far as like getting a little bit more public in about it is because you really need to get more people participating. I agree. Yeah, I think that uh, that, that the uh, the idea of getting more public about creating those alternatives is the way to go. Like, hey, you know, we're the agorist road crew, and we fixed all these potholes when the government wouldn't fix them. There's nothing wrong with tooting your own horn in that Likely, way. if you're in Ohio, though, you're going to be saying, I am the agorist road crew, yeah, and, right. I fi- and, and I fixed these, uh, these potholes. Yeah. And that's really the issue that I'm talking about, is that I, yeah. I, 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 Harry I, Tuttle. I've <laughs> talked to um, agorists, and I have, and, you know, I'm... I think they're doing about as much good as people who are, uh, you know, getting in the political process in the place that they are. Which ain't saying None. Much. Yeah. <laughs> and God bless them. I think the only thing that you can do is move to New Hampshire, and then you'll have more agorists around you so that you guys can try what has up to this point been completely worthless and, and fruitless. And maybe together... Well, you have to get your pot somehow. I mean... Right. Well, <laughs> it's not they, useless. They've been supplying uh, pot to people who need medicine. That's That yeah. much is true. So um, <laughs> largely useless and largely hasn't done anything, and see if it works. Yeah, I agree completely, Because I Dan. think it just needs more people. Any other thoughts, Dan? Oh, yeah, part, um, part of the, the Agoras philosophy is the idea that it's an end unto itself. So, Mark, I don't quite agree with you that it's been useless, because if you're making some money and if you are finding a way to circumvent the state... Well, that's a you know that's a small personal level success. It's a small it's and, a small uh, freedom that you um, that you've uh, gained by costing yourself a great deal of freedom by um, not working within the system. You cost yourself a lot of time and energy um, in trying that. to circumvent the system. It's actually easier to work outside the system as far as uh, you know selling. Uh, There's pluses cigarettes. and minuses. Open a bank account, get a home loan. Well, okay, yeah, but as far as selling cigarettes goes, you just get the That's cigarettes and sell them and make and cash. Dandy, but uh, then, you, as as an agorist, you're going to want to go further and further. But it further hasn't done anything to end the state. None of that's done anything to end the state. It just enriches the agorist, which is great. You know, no problems there. Thanks, Dan, for the call. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Attention. 
all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.